Welcome to It Was Almost Real, the Pro Wrestling History Podcast, Episode 41. And if you're listening to this on the day it's released, most of you, this will be 2024. If you listen to it when it first comes out in the morning and you are in Australia or Japan, it could still be 2023. But welcome to a new year and joining me in studio is, of course, Dangerous Dan, as usual. And I'm also joined by both sons, Caleb and Trey, are here. And as usual, I say that, you know, it's two Zimmermans too many. I think today it's three Zimmermans too many. But we have in studio one of my two favorite Zimmermans, and that is my oldest grandson, Solomon. Yep. Connor's been here a couple of times, but now we have Solomon. Can you say hi to everybody? Hi. Good job. You got four more. It only took <laughs> it only took me Culver's to get him to do that much. Oh yeah. So, you want to uh, watch Pink Panther while Papa Smart and sees marks up? Yes. You guys want to put bets on uh, how fast we'll lose that Australian and Japanese audience too? No. Because I'm pretty sure we've lost a good other margin. <laughs> no. We haven't offended them yet. <laughs> Not yet. No. We're working on it. All right. So, uh, I want to go into a, a couple of updates, uh, and then. I'm going to cover the main topic, but for you, since you had asked about this last time, something I actually learned researching the new book on Ed Strangler Lewis mm-hmm. kind of goes into what you would ask about, because you said you'd never heard me talk about the double crossing of the Gold Dust Trio. Yeah. And actually, I covered that in one of the episodes Uncle Dan and I did, but to not chew our food uh, too often, just to kind of give a brief summary of how that happened and how that leads into Mm -hmm. what I just discovered. The Gold Dust Trio in 1925 was the most dominant group in professional wrestling. And it was Mm -hmm. Ed Strangler Lewis, who was the world champion. Billy Sandow was his manager. Mm -hmm. And Joseph Tutsmont was sort of Sandow's promotional partner and Ed Strangler Lewis's training partner. Mm. And Strangler Lewis said there was only two people that he believed could beat him in a legitimate contest. One was Joseph Tutsmont, mm. and the other was Stanislaw Zabisco, who at that point in time was in his mid-40s, but Lewis still thought that he could give him uh, a go and could put him into some danger. Right. And what happened in 1925 and what was the double crossing of the Gold Dust Trio, they... Billy Sandow, Lewis had held the title for two and a half years, and Sandow wanted to put it on somebody else to try to uh, generate some more interest. Mm -hmm. And Lewis was getting ready to go to Europe anyway. And so while he was in Europe, he wanted to put the title on a newcomer. Mm -hmm. And the newcomer he put on, who was a big star, and in the year prior as they built him up, Mm -hmm. would routinely draw ten to 15,000 fans to the matches in Kansas City. Yeah was a Nebraska football player named Big Wayne Munn. He was six foot five and he was two hundred and sixty five pounds when two hundred and sixty five pounds was a huge person. Yeah, but Man, not a corn husker. He did not go to the U of N. So Man, Yes I'm he just... did. I asked you if he was a corn husker and you said no. No, Munn was a corn husker. I forget who you asked me was a corn husker and I said no. He was a Kansas guy. Oh. But okay. Oh no Joe Stecker. You asked me about Stecker. Stecker oh, okay. was not a corn husker. Oh okay. he never went to University of Nebraska, but Munn did. Oh, okay. But Stecker could wrestle. Munn couldn't wrestle his way out of a wet paper <laughs> bag. And that was the problem. 
was Lewis and Mott did not want to put the title on Munn because they yeah. said anybody with the barest wrestling knowledge mm-hmm. is going to beat him. He's a big guy, yeah. but he doesn't know how to wrestle. And so Sandow said, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. I will only put him in with people we trust, which is actually what would cause the Goldust Trio to break up because Mont and Lewis were still sore, particularly Mont, mm-hmm. that Sandow went ahead and put the belt on Munn when they told him not to do it. It was a, a big yeah. mistake. And for the first three months that Munn held the belt, mm-hmm. it, it, it did work out because yeah. Sandow would put him with people they trusted. Well, one of the people they trusted was Stanislaw Sabisco, yeah. who did uh, lose, mm-hmm. put Munn over twice. Baba, you must have talked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a lot of talking on here, buddy. I'd grab your game, buddy. Yeah, I'd watch Pink Panther because Papa's going to do a lot of talking. <laughs> I'll tell you what a podcast is after we're done. Papa loves you. I love you, too. I think you will hear that. Do you think they'll hear that? Oh, okay. yeah. So... To go back to that, they book a match in April of 1925 mm-hmm. in Philadelphia between Zabisco and Munn. Right. And Zabisco shoots on Munn and defeats him legitimately. And when this match was booked, Lewis, I don't think he was still in Europe. I think he was back. But for whatever mm-hmm. reason, neither Lewis nor Mont was in Philadelphia. Yeah. And Sandow wasn't there. He had sent his brother, Max Bauman. Mm-hmm. There and Bauman tried to talk to Zabisco. Zabisco would have no part of it. Yeah. Legitimately beat Munn and took the title, mm-hmm. which would cause lots of problems for the next three years because of political machinations and everything. Munn uh, was still recognized as a champion in Illinois and Michigan, even though he had lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That with this one, the states couldn't decide who they right. So. And Illinois is one guy, Missouri's another guy, so if you go across the river, you got yeah. a different champion. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the states recognize different guys. Uh, Zabisco was recognized primarily uh, by Pennsylvania and New York and all of the groups associated with them, which I think Missouri was one of the yeah. ones that recognized. And Zabisco immediately dropped the title to Stecker in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So they had the matches in May on the same day. And Munn dropped the title back to Lewis in Michigan. Uh, Zabisco drops the title to Stecker, which was always Mm -hmm. the plan when he double-crossed him, in St. Louis. And both of those matches drew, I think, 19,000 and 17,000 fans, somewhere around there, which were Mm -hmm. huge crowds for that time. But that's the last time they would draw a crowd like that for seven or eight years until Londis emerged in New York. Mm-hmm. in the early 30s. And wrestling really was down in 26 and 27 because of this divided title. And mm-hmm. Stecker, because the people that they all were in uh, the conspiracy with all started trying to double-cross each other too. Yeah, Stecker basically quit wrestling <coughs> because Bowser tried to double-cross him in Boston by putting Joel Malkowitz in against him, who was mm-hmm. a shooter, and Stecker not knowing it. Stecker just walked on the ring and left. Yeah. But then Pesek went into business for himself. John, the Nebraska Tiger Man Pesek, was a shooter and hooker. Mm-hmm. Not quite on the level of Lewis, but very, very close. Yeah. And I don't think quite on the level of Stecker, but Stecker trusted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pesek had put him over twice already that year. Yeah. So he lets 
Pesic put a double arm wrist lock on him after he'd already dropped a fall to Pesic. Mm. <clears throat> and Pesic cranked it for real. It was going to break his arm, and he submitted. But even though he submitted, yeah. the. Daddy, can I have my water, please? You sure can, baby. Even though he had submitted, I think he the referee that. disqualified Pesic. That's funny, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just he disqualified Pesic for yeah. using dirty tactics, even though the fans knew that he hadn't used any dirty tactics, and yeah. the, the fans rioted. But after that, Stecker wouldn't wrestle anybody. So he basically put his version of the title in mothballs for a year, year and a half. Mm. Lewis couldn't draw the crowds he had before because everybody, nobody saw him as a legitimate champion because he beat Munn, yeah. who had already been beat by Zabisco. Bobby, so, help. In 28, they have... A match between Stecker oh, and Lewis. Here it goes. And that match unifies the title. It was in St. Louis as well. Mm-hmm. And it started out, I believe, as a shoot, a legitimate mm-hmm. contest, and ended as a work. Yeah. In the first fall, Stecker realized he could not beat Lewis. Mm-hmm. There is a conversation the newspapers talk about. They're, they have a conversation yeah. in the ring. Stecker uh, gets pinned a few minutes later. They come out after the intermission. Mm-hmm. Lewis lets... Stecker beat him in like 20 seconds. But then for the third fall, Lewis never let Stecker get near him. Stecker went along with it and lost to him. But Lewis wasn't going to take any chances on a double cross. He really? made sure that Stecker was not in a position to double cross him if that was his intent. Yeah. So I believe it started as a shoot and ended as a work. So why is all of that germane? Until last night. The Germans don't have nothing to do with it. Germane. <laughs> oh. <Look>. Until last <laughs> night. We'll have to find those later. So until last night, I thought <clears throat> that Lewis and Zabisco wrestled for the first time mm-hmm. in 1921 when Zabisco came back from Europe. I was wrong. Zabisco and Lewis wrestled for the first time in Lexington, Kentucky, in March of 1914, right before Zabisco went back to Europe because he couldn't get another rematch with Frank Gotch. Oh, really? And after beating Aberg in that Greco-Roman match. So, I have to, uh, that's what we'll talk about as our main topic of conversation for the next podcast. Mm-hmm. But you always learn something when you go into these projects, and that's one I had no clue about before. Maybe somebody else that's studied Kentucky in this time period, knew about it. I've never read about it anywhere. Now, did Zabisco go back to Europe at the outbreak of World War I? Yes, and he joined the Polish army. To fight for the Polish, and that's what I was going to ask if he went back far back. Yeah, and he was a prisoner of war and everything. Uh, If he thought he was going to get a match with Gotch, he probably would have stayed. When he realized a match with Gotch was not forthcoming, Mm -hmm. and he beat Aberg on the way out, but... Gotch is who he wanted. Yeah, that's why he went home and fought. But Gotch was one. like he, no. re- he had retired a year before, yeah. and he would not wrestle Zabisco for three years. Yeah. Zabisco knew he wasn't coming out of retirement to wrestle him. Right. Mm-hmm. So he does go and joins the Polish army. He's a prisoner of war. He doesn't get back to the United States in 1921. But so I'm going to talk about that topic for our next podcast because you always learn new things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or unlearned things you thought you knew every time you go into one of these projects. Right. So, and it is an interesting match. And I'll answer whether I think it was a work or a contest. Mm. Um, but 
It's got to be. Stay tuned. Yeah, it's got to be fun redacting stuff mm-hmm. from your book because I know you will no, go no, back and I change don't, stuff. Well, I don't have to change that because I never wrote that that was the first yeah. time. But if I did, I would have. I would have had to go back, mm-hmm. take that out. I know you've done and it then re, Yeah, and then republish yeah. that book. So if there's an obvious flaw in one of my books or something that I thought and I know mm-hmm. differently now, I have to go back and change it. I can't just leave. Yeah. Because right. people read these books at any time along the... So it mm-hmm. doesn't matter that... In nineteen four or nineteen twenty fourteen, when I published yeah. that book, I thought this. Or twenty sixteen, when I published mm. that book, I thought this. Mm. If there's an obvious mistake, I have to go back and fix it. And you're right; yeah. I've done that a couple times now. Well, I mean, it's but I never wrote that was the first time they met, so I don't have to change. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the integral move is to change it. You don't right. want to spread misinformation. You, you'd but. be surprised at how many people though are lazy or just don't care, and they just yeah. they don't do stuff like that. And I think that that is a complete and total lack of character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would never do that uh, with people that read uh, my books. And like I said, now I can research the things that I really want to research because I love my day job. So Yeah. But I do have something since the two of you are on here and Trey's about to fall asleep over there. What's going on? No, he's not. You don't like Stanislaus Sabisco, man? Come on, wake up. Come he's on. not going to sleep. Day and Papa. Solomon, that is what we call hyperbole. He's exaggerating. <laughs> but Stop you guys might be surprised to know this. I am starting to fall out of love with MMA. Huh? Really? Interesting. Is it just, uh, well, just tell me what it is. Cause I well, it's a combination of things, really. Yeah. It's one, now you have a card every single weekend, mm-hmm. which is not easy to keep up with. But a lot of the big fights that they used to have, a lot of the big fights lately have been falling through. Yeah. And you have just such a... It's an oversaturation with the amount of cards that they have. Mm. You know, it's hard to keep up with all the fighters. And a lot of the fighters that are champions, I do not like. Really? So, I have nothing against Alex uh, Pahea, but he just won the lightweight championship. Mm -hmm. But he got knocked out by Israel Adesanya when he was the middleweight champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, The... Heavyweight champion is John Bones Jones, who mm-hmm. great fighter, but not a great human being. Mm-hmm. Um, lightweight is probably my favorite, and that's Islam uh, Mahachev. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the other things that I'm kind of falling out of love with MMA is there seems to be much more of an emphasis on stand-up anymore. Yeah. Because Dana White and them want exciting fights to bring in the casual fans. So it seems like if you put on an exciting fight and you stand and you get your brains beat out, yeah. that's who gets the fight of the night bonuses and all that instead of the people who put on a grappling clinic. So mm-hmm. once again, the freaking bigwigs or whatever are ruining a sport again, just like Taekwondo and Judo. It's just Well, Olympics did Taekwondo and Judo, but it's kind of the same concept. It's the what same they problem. Feel is exciting. rules to try to make it more exciting for people watching, mm-hmm. and it ends up making it way more boring and way more complicated for the actual fighters. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think they're catering more to the casual fan than they are the hardcore fans, as yourself yeah. was. You know? yeah. Oh, I remember you know, UFC 1. It was a once a year thing, or maybe once every yeah. six months. It was a big pay per view. Everybody got together, and you watched Royce Gracie just, you know, mm-hmm. stretch a guy for three rounds on the mat. <laughs> you know, it was. 
It's the same thing with everything I see, you know, uh, something gets successful and they think, well, how can we keep this going? And they're like, well, we need to rebrand or refresh for yeah. casual or newer audiences. And that is always the death of your brand. And it really sucks because if you want to see, like, stand-up fights or something, you should be going to watch boxing, although they rigged the judges on that. Yeah, well, well yeah. and you see nobody that, takes it nobody watches anymore. it, yeah. the but they do have kickboxing, glory yeah. kickboxing and that. Huh. And I, it's not like I dislike stand-up. Hmm. I dislike the emphasis on only wanting to see stand-up. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to see a kickboxing match between two jiu-jitsu champions. Okay. Well, that's what it is, you know, it's like... Instead of building off of what they've already built, they try to just rebrand everything, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I go to this thing for this. I don't go to it for this. Right. I go to a ZZ Top concert to hear ZZ Top. Yeah. Not to hear, you know, Zamfir and his magic pan flute. The, you know? <laughs> the biggest offender of this is McDonald's. Do you remember the old McDonald's with the nice, colorful red roof and everything was nice and pleasant? Yeah. Have you gone in there now? It's like a depressed teenager is running the place. It's beige. It looks like a cafe where nobody's having fun. That's oh, a weird it sucks. Tone, but yeah. It's, it's <laughs> all neutral it's, tones now and no fun. Just... <laughs> It's like a lot of the Please use too. the kiosk. Well, I don't want to use <laughs> the like kiosk. I want to talk to a human being and be done with this already. Well, you know, that's what kind of hacked me off the last time I went to Steak and Shake. Oh, yeah. Oh, use the kiosk here because yeah. we don't have waiters and waitresses anymore. Do you, would you like to move over and I'll go back there and cook my own food, too? Yeah, exactly. That's, I, that's what it's... <laughs> now, I tell you what, I have read oh. several reports because yeah. we touched on this uh, on our last podcast about... Uh, the self-checkouts. Mm. They are starting to cut back on the self-checkouts and putting more cashiers. That's good. Dollar General, Target, and even Walmart has started it in New Mexico. <laughs> so, good for New Mexico. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully it'll, it, it'll yeah, reach world... North. Hopefully it'll reach worldwide. Now, I know that you don't mind doing uh, the self-checkout thing. Um, I... Me being an old man, um, yeah. you know, I do have a problem with it. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Hey, I feel like I, it should I'm be I'm three years older than you, so what's that old man stuff? Yeah. Well, you don't like it either, so. <laughs> no, I don't like that, but it's not because I consider myself an old man. And I don't want cashiers and all that to be replaced like waiters and waitresses. I, I think it's good to have it as an option for mm-hmm. people who do use it like me. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, no. If, <laughs> like Dad said, uh because I still remember that one day we took Solomon in, and that was the first day you used the kiosk, and you sat there for five minutes trying to make your order, and you kept yelling, I don't work here, at the kiosk. <laughs> as you're messing with it. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, earlier this morning, I had to go to one of our local food stores to pick yeah. up some uh, refreshments, and uh, I only had two items, and yeah. I went to checkout. I went to... Uh, a, a cash lane where a cashier was yeah. there was three checkout lanes but like your dad said I don't work here yeah bring the stuff up well also they should bring if, back the if, express lane and if I'm going to yeah. ring myself yeah. out you're going to have to give me a 15 to 20 percent discount I'm exactly. not doing it for free <laughs> exactly you know what else what else you want me to do you know tell you, what, you want me to mop the floor while I'm here get out of here you know give me a 15 or 20 percent discount I'll be glad to show you my receipt on the way out yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't even get irritated right <laughs> going back to the rules issue did they like manually change like formally no 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 the, the way the way that they do this 
is number one, if you have boring fights and you lose a fight, you're gone. So wrestlers know if they just take somebody down and just lay on top of them, they get they have a very small margin of error before they're booted out. Yeah. But it's the bonuses. The fight of the nights tend to go to stand-up fights, and I've seen some stand-up fights that I didn't think that the, the people were that uh, there wasn't that high quality of a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have seen that on a tough man competition in the nineties. What yeah. I saw, but that would get a bonus. Watch the first. So what you're doing, right? <laughs> what you're doing is you're encouraging people. Oh, well, they're giving bonuses for the standups. Mm-hmm. So if I stand up and knock somebody out, I'm going to make more money than if I take them down and tap them. Right. So that's, that's because it's more exciting to the casual fan is right. to see somebody get there. And they do have a submission of the night bonus. Yeah. It just it without sitting there and looking at every single card over the last year, it seems to me that most of the bonuses now for fight of the night and that stuff is going for stand up brawls, yeah. whether there was a lot of quality or technique used or not. I have a UFC question. You said you don't like a lot of the fighters anymore. Uh, do you still like Conor McGregor? Considering yep. you tried to get me to name my son, he goes. Because I told you I was naming him Connor. He goes, you should make his middle name McGregor. And I said, I am not doing that. No. <laughs> what I said was, make it Connor McGregor. are you going to spell it the Irish way, C-O-N-O-R, and you added the extra N? Yes. Connor Matthew is fine. I had no issue with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, at the time, you're like, you should name him Connor McGregor. And I said, I am not doing that. <laughs> I am not having Connor McGregor's in my name. <laughs> So the reason I ask that is because I am concerned if they're doing that type of stuff, UFC is going to go the way of the dodo bird because... I, I don't think at, it will. You I look at judo, and they took down the leg takedowns because they were scared of wrestling guys coming in and sweeping. They're not doing anything that bad. Yeah. They're not doing the things that Taekwondo and judo have done to try to keep the sports in the Olympics. Taekwondo mm-hmm. is doing the bonus points, though, for spin kicks and that crap and head kicks. Because it's so convoluted, nobody understands it. Right, I hated officiating <laughs> for it. I've sparred a spin kick, not viable. No, no, no. <laughs> so the way they have it now, yeah. it's just like if talking. you hit, if you kick to the There's body, it's two talking. points. Head, it's three points. Yeah. And then if you a Maybe spin kick to the body, it's four points, and a spin kick to the head, it's five. Repeat. And judges have to keep track of that. Yeah. Which is cutting down how many people can judge, which is also cutting down how many people want to compete. Do they want the audience to just see a kid get his back kicked out? (laughs) The problem is, so most of the time when you're watching Olympic Taekwondo, you'll see, in a two-minute match, you'll see 20 seconds worth of action, number one. Because they just sit there and look at each other and wait for the counter. Across two two two-minute matches if it's black belt, correct? Right. But... In that 20 seconds, they may see five kicks land, but the score is Mm 2-1. So people don't understand that at all. Mm -hmm. (coughs) So that, what do they think in uh, the WT? Oh, so it used to be WTF, Mm -hmm. World Taekwondo (laughs) Federation, Uh but they got tired of all the little jokes that people were making, so Uh now it's WT. Oh, yeah. And so, but... They think, oh, we've got to increase the scoring. WTF. So this is so convoluted (laughs) with this electronic scoring and all this other stuff. It's just ruining the sport. And to score. Pogus makes it so you can't get sidekick or back kick. Right. Well, they're trying to fix that now because they're putting a sensor in the heel, which they used to not have. But 
The problem no, also is front snap. No sidekick that wouldn't count initially with the initial equipment. I thought you could do. There a was no kick, there was no sensor on the bottom of. You can do the kick. It doesn't so mean you could only it. do roundhouse kick to even get points. No, there was another kick you could land that would count, but that was the first screw up. It was first generation equipment. So now there's a sensor in the 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 heel or the bottom of the foot or whatever that's supposed to pick that up, and all of that stuff should count now. But. Bubba. I'm hungry. Well, you have to wait, baby, because we're going to do a lot more talking than this. And yeah, don't worry, baby. It'll be over in a little bit. Yeah, we'll get you some food, though. And the so now that's fixed. But some of the times to get the kicks to score the way they should be doing, you're throwing things biometrically incorrect. And I'm seeing the way they're doing the... So always the outside crescent kick has always been taught, and we've always done it, side of the foot and the yeah. side of the foot is a viable if you can do the textbook side kick which I cannot my hip doesn't turn that way so I kick with the heel when I do mm. heel bottom of the foot when I do a side kick the textbook way is actually with the blade of the foot so the blade of the foot has always been a legal target area mm. something that we've taught and that's the way that always was now they're teaching to do the outside crescent Almost like a corkscrew axe kick. No. With the bottom of the foot, no. which is super biometrically incorrect. And I'm watching them, and I've said three or four times now, you're destroying hips doing that that and way. And knees, yeah. I think. <coughs> I said, you got to quit doing it like that and do it with the side of the foot. And yeah. I just keep getting argued, that's not the way we do it anymore. I said, well, I'll tell you what. People all like to go out and play pickleball, too. But now that the orthopedic surgeons are making a fortune on the knees and hips that are being destroyed in that game, mm -hmm. you're going to have the same thing in Taekwondo. After you have enough hips and knees destroyed, they'll realize, oh, this was stupid. We shouldn't have done it this way. <laughs> but guess and what? The fighters' knees and hips mm -hmm. are still screwed up. And 13 is full contact. Like when yes. you get to knockout rules. So right. that means you're going to be having teenagers who are having bad knees and hips. Yep. Yeah, that means yeah, if I win a spark and I gotta do Olympic. That's why Sean needs bad hips, raging hormones. My God, that's why Sean stopped officiating and coaching. Yeah, because he said what we're doing is because he's had his hip replaced. Yeah. what we're doing is biometrically or biomechanically incorrect, and we are going to be destroying kids, teenagers and twenty-year-olds. We're going to be having hips replaced in the late twenties and early thirties from what we're doing. And he quit refereeing and coaching. I fractured a disc in my back. That sucks. Knees and backs, you do not want to mess up. Because once you mess those up, they don't yeah. really... And there's so much limited that you can do for spinal injuries, neck mm -hmm. and back. Yeah. You know, we know people that have had the back fusion and neck fusion. It really hadn't helped them at all. It deals with the pain. Yeah. But that's the only thing it deals with. They had no more mobility. They were, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times worse off. But I've always yeah. heard, like, if you mess up your knee or your back, you are kind of, you're going to be suffering. The hips I've never heard, like, too much horrible about, but... Taekwondo is really bad on the hips. Well, our, our grandmaster has had really both of hers replaced. Sean has had at least one replaced, maybe two. He's younger than I am. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I'm falling a little bit out of love with it, and I don't know if I'm going to keep following it or not. I had quit following wrestling uh, completely until we started doing the podcast again. And I have to admit, the modern product still leaves me a little flat. I'd say for the most part, yes. I'm just watching it for business at this point. 
it's so I could speak intelligently on what's going on today. One of the things is the wrestling that Uncle Dan and I grew up on, and the wrestling today is so different. It's almost like a completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I was saying, when and there is that match. They don't oversell crap in the old days. They right. actually know what they're doing. It yeah. looks. It's obvious to lower production and whatever. Like it's not just the age of. Well, the that was stuff. Memphis. Like, that was from a Memphis. That's what I'm saying. It's not 80s. just that. Like it's obvious there's lower production. The the fighters don't look as quite as physique as they do like later on but the fights are a lot better yeah and they sell everything more mm-hmm. so before we get into the this episode's history topic i wanted to touch on i think i i might have told dan i'm not sure if i told you guys or not but mm-hmm. i was out it was a couple weekends ago so it was like today all of a mm-hmm. sudden it had gone from yesterday i'm wearing shirt sleeves this morning it's Colder than a well digger shovel. So, but Sunday morning's leg day, so I'm outside with shorts and a jacket on, scraping the uh, frost off my windows. Mm. And I'm on the passenger side. Oh. (laughs) And yeah, I must have told Uncle Dan this story. Is this the dog? Oh, yeah, you told me. Thanks for ruining the (laughs) punchline. Just edit it out. Good Lord. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I feel something sniffing the back of my leg. Yeah. And I look down, and all I see is this big head of black fur. And in my mind, I went, holy crap, a black bear snuck up behind me. So I jumped like three feet to the right, and it turned out it was Ruby, the neighborhood German Shepherd, who's mostly black. She got a little blonder. She jumps three feet the other way, and I realize it's Ruby. I'm like, God bless it, Ruby. You scared me to death. She's, she's just like, I'm like, come here, because she's a friendly girl. That the one next door probably would have, I would have known that he was there when he bit me. But it just Ruby Scout. Yeah, no, no, no. Scout's a sweetie. There's yeah. a German Shepherd on the other side of us. And now. Scout's not oh. a German Shepherd. I think that's like a. I actually don't remember what that breed was. But she's a sweetheart. She's she's like yeah. Ruby is. But yeah, I feel something sniffing the back of my leg. I'm like, I looked down and all I see is this big head of black hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, usually we don't have black bears in our area this time of year. Mm. Um, but it's possible. Because um, as the population gets bigger, we will eventually have pe- or a population out where we're at. But, yeah. Well, um, I think they said in this area they harvested 12 black bears this year. Usually that's southwest Missouri. They harvest any up here? Yes, they started... They started tracking it wow. up here now. So, so it could have been. But um, that's why I normally don't hike in May and June because that's when the young males come out. Yeah. But that also reminds me of a story. And this is for all the people that doubted me in the 80s. You were freaking wrong. <laughs> so, and I'm 12. I so. need some water, <laughs> What are you giggling about? I already know what it is. Go ahead. There you go, buddy. Have a drink. Okay. I didn't remember telling you this story. You've said it several times. Oh. Well, it does, it, it does oh. still piss me off. <laughs> so, I am... It's about 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and it's dark. Um, and it's sp- springish, so it might be even after 9. But yeah. I was out in the back seat of one of my sister's friend's car with this young lady having a discussion about the spin the bottle game we just had played a few minutes ago. And before right. you get clenched, 
I was 12, and I was not your Grandpa Ernie. So it wouldn't <laughs> qualify for much more than a discussion. Dad, we, we, we've had weirder talks. So, But I'm sitting in the back seat, and she's got her head on my shoulder, Mama, and we are chatting. a different one. Yeah, I'll find you a different one. And I'm looking out the front window. Well, she's not. And I see this freaking black bear come ambling down the alley. Little little male. Yeah. Because even then I could tell, oh, that's not a very big bear. Mm. And so she doesn't see it, but she doesn't think I'm an idiot. Yeah. And so as soon as my sister Vicky, who, God love her, she helped keep my sanity when I was a kid. So I'm not saying anything bad about my sister Vicky. And her friend come out, they get in the front seat. I tell them, you guys missed it. There was just a little small black bear run, mm-hmm. running down this alley. And so what do you think they said? You city boy, you don't know a black bear from a big sheep dog. That was just some big dog from the neighborhood. No. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, I know the difference between a dog and a bear. Number two, I've been to the St. Louis Zoo, and I've seen just about every variety of bear there is multiple times. How many bears have you seen? I'm telling you, that was a small black bear that ran down the alley. They're like, city boy, you don't know nothing. Well, guess what? The Department of Natural Resources didn't get that memo because there have been black bear sightings in southeast Missouri starting in the 1970s. So I did see a little small black bear go running down the alley. I was not hallucinating, and it wasn't a freaking sheepdog. So I will say, I've heard this story multiple times. I did not hear the spin the bottle first. The only well, left I out. probably left that out. Oh, yeah. But it, it wasn't much of a story, son, believe me. Damn. I'm imagining, like, knowing you. My romantic exploits as a 12-year-old were nothing to write home about, right? As I said, really? I, I was not your Grandpa Ernie. As your grandpa used to tell me all the time, you're the only son I'll ever have. Well, that I know of. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is that why you haven't done a lot of uh, 23 and Me? Or? Well, it wouldn't <laughs> pop up for me, but my yeah. Gail and Tracy, I've encouraged them not to do that. Because I'm like, we probably got brothers and sisters running all over South St. Louis. Possibly. <laughs> when, when I would go down to the tavern picnics, I'd be doing the barbecue with Dad's friends. And there were two, uh, his friend Kenny had two younger sons. They were older than me. Mm. I think uh, Kenny Jr. was like 18, so he'd have been six years older than me. And Daryl was in his early 20s, so he was about 10 years older than I was. And they told me, man, when we were kids, we wanted to be your dad because he had all the women. He said, then he met your mom and became this settled down family man. It's like night and day. Yeah. But yeah, they had all wanted to be your grandpa. Dang. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I never had, or fortunately, depending on your outlook and who you were, uh, I never had any of those things to brag about as a youth. And one, one funny story about Ernie, though, is, uh, you know, and I guess, you know, him being a ladies' man and stuff, that's why he would fall asleep at the wrestling matches. <laughs> <laughs> there'd be, there'd be 7,000 people, go, David, go, go, David, go, yeah. and Ernie's, yeah, there was 20,000 the time he took the three of us because we went to the arena. Oh, yeah. Papa, we won't go soon. Nope. No. <laughs> I have not even got into the history topic yet, yeah. big man. Why don't you try playing a game, buddy? I don't want to. Play oh, some Harvest Moon. 
We haven't even really got into the good stuff yet. Yeah. Are we boring you? No. Mm. Oh, it's okay, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the history. Yeah. You didn't think that Culver's near was going to cost you so much, did you? <laughs> All right. So, what I wanted to talk about uh, this week, we had talked about, was when they decided to add the Mass Marvel to the fall version of the 1915 wrestling tournament. Why did they go with the Northeastern wrestler, which helped lead to the identity of the Mass Marvel? Mm. Why didn't they go with somebody from the Midwest or something like that? No. And there were a couple of reasons. But first of all, they didn't know that they were going to need a gimmick to save the fall tournament because the spring tournament had done so well, and they didn't really have any gimmicks. Most of the matches were contests. Yeah. few works, but most of them were contests. For the fall tournament, because the spring tournament had an- ended so anticlimactically with the draw between Aberg and Vladek Zabisco, mm. Stanislaw's younger brother. Vladek Zabisco, unfortunately, had the distinction of being the other Zabisco. A good wrestler, but not nearly on the level of his older brother. Mm. And so Rockman, who was a promoter from Europe, and which where he eventually returned, decides to take a partner for the fall tournament, who is Jack Curley. Mm. And Jack Curley is one of the most famous promoters uh, in wrestling history. He was the promoter in New York till his, his, his passing in 1937. At the time of this tournament, 1915, he was just getting established in New York. Mm. The biggest event he had been involved with before this was the second Gotch-Hackenschmidt match in 1911. Mm. And he was the one that Hackenschmidt accused of not paying off what he was owed for that match and all of that. <coughs> so Rockman takes him on as a partner, and they decide to add catch wrestling into the tournament because while it was a big success in the spring doing Greco-Roman-only matches, they were worried the fans were going to lose interest. And the fans did lose interest. Whether it was the Greco-Roman the fact that they had that inclusive match to settle the spring tournament or a number of things. The, the Manhattan Opera House held 6,000 people, I believe, and they were filling that thing every night in the spring. Mm-hmm. They couldn't draw a good half a house in the fall. So they do a few things. They add catch wrestling. They get a guy named Ed Strangler Lewis to come from the South and join in the tournament. And this is where Ed Strangler Lewis really arrives on the national scene is at this tournament in New York. I'm so <clears throat> I know, buddy. It's tough. <laughs> Watch a show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll make you some hot dogs for lunch. How's that sound? No. No? Oh, well. Pizza? What? Uh, All right, pizza it is. No, no cheese pizza for dinner. What about McDonald's? Only McDonald's with fries. We'll have to see about that. We'll have to consult the podcast budget. I don't know that we could spare the money after we sunk it all into this million-dollar studio. Oh, yeah, and, and the, the Culver's <laughs> used to bribe you to get here. <clears throat> yeah. And we had to put in the new boom mics yep. for all to accommodate us all. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... They 
even with adding the catch wrestling, Ed Strangler Lewis, doing the other things, they're still not generating very much interest. So they came up with this idea, and this idea was the first mass wrestler in the history of the United States, the Mass mm-hmm. Marvel. Mm-hmm. But you need somebody to play the Mass Marvel. Yeah. Now, ideally, you would have gone to the Midwest outside of the area and got somebody. Mm. That's what WCCW should have done. <laughs> you know what I'm alluding to. Yeah. <laughs> got somebody else to play Lance Von Eric. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't do that for a couple of reasons. Number one is Aberg has already challenged Frank Gotch, mm. who was trained by Martin Farmer Burns, who's part of Martin Farmer Burns' group if such a thing exists, because he's retired at this time. Mm-hmm. But Martin Farmer Burns' group definitely exists. Yeah. And Burns, Gotch was challenged by Aberg for $10,000. That match will never happen. Mm-hmm. And the reason that match would have never happened was Aberg was never going to wrestle Gotch in catch wrestling, mm-hmm. and Gotch would have never agreed to wrestle Aberg in Greco-Roman. Yeah. Aberg would only wrestle people Greco-Roman style. Mm-hmm. So that match really wasn't going to happen, but they had kept putting this $10,000 challenge in the newspaper, which was irritating Gotch, and Gotch was sick of everybody challenging it. Mm. So they had come up with a plan for the summer of 1915 where Gotch was going to drop his championship to Joe Stecker mm. and go off in retirement. He would have been ended, uh, been defeated. So there was no, there was no, really no glory at that time if Stecker beat Gotch. To beat Gotch after that. Stecker had already done it. And that's what Gotch wanted. Gotch wanted to end all these challenges. Well, what happened was Gotch was in a training match with Bobby Manigoff Sr. and broke his ankle. Uh And that put that match. But fans accepted Stecker as a world champion anyway. Mm. And that's why getting somebody from the Midwest was going to be impossible. Because Burns' group was aligned with Stecker. Mm. And was working with Stecker to replace Gotch. Anybody that would have left Burns' troop to go to New York in this rival tournament that was also trying to replace Scotch mm. would have been seen as a traitor. So now you're relying on Jack Curley, who no wrestler who had brains in his head would have relied on Jack Curley <laughs> to keep him employed after this tournament was over. Mm. The other thing was they decided to add this wrestler at the end of November, the tournament started in October. They only had like four or five weeks left of the tournament. Mm-hmm. So to get somebody on a train... I hope. Yeah, I know you are. Get somebody <laughs> on a train from the Midwest, and to get them there in time to set all this up was going to be very, very difficult. Yeah. They're so, always going to be here all night or no. If you nope. keep talking, yeah. No, Make we're not going to be here. Do what? He's making a lot of work to edit out. I'm not editing any of this stuff out. This is the joys of being a grandfather. You have yeah. spontaneous utterances you have to deal with. So. <laughs> or you say things you shouldn't in front of them, and they ask you what those mean, and you're like, oh, uh, that's not something you want. Speaking of, you're going to have to cut this out. I wanted to share it with you guys, because mm. uh, my cat went up to Christina the other night and bit her, and she goes, dick, and kind of goes, dick. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go down. Dick. Hey, no, no. You definitely don't no, want to be no. saying that. Uh, I now I know you didn't know, but no. Yeah, the reason it's funny is because you're not supposed yeah, to say. Yeah, you don't that. want to be saying that. Okay. And when yeah. it comes out of the, I'm going to tell Christina she got both of them. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Cows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without skipping a beat, Connor just stood up, pointed with the fury. <laughs> so when you get mad at somebody, you don't want to call them a name. No. But we'll tell you what to do later, but we're not on the podcast. We'll give you more creative <laughs> insults, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you more creative ones. So they were stuck using a local wrestler, and they used a guy from Altoona, Pennsylvania. He was a part-time wrestler and a full-time railroad detective by the name of Mort Henderson. Mm-hmm. And because they used a local guy, this actually led to the exposure of who the Mass Marvel was. Mm-hmm. So the Mass Marvel has several matches. He beats a lot of guys that, once his identity is exposed, it's going to be pretty obvious he couldn't beat. Uh, he even wrestles Aberg to a draw yeah. in a Greco-Roman match. But a couple of the reporters think they know who he is because mm-hmm. he wrestles in the Northeast quite a bit. So one of the New York reporters sits back by the curtain one night to listen to him and the manager talking. And he had had a rough match, I think, with Lewis. It might have been one of the first matches he lost. Mm-hmm. And the manager asks him, are you okay, Mort? And the reporter had already thought it was Mort Henderson. Mm-hmm. So now he's convinced. So he publishes in the uh, New York Evening World, I think it was. It wasn't the Times, um, nor the New York Post. Mm-hmm. I think it was either the New York Evening World or the Evening Sun. But I think it was the World. Yeah. That the mass marvel is Mort Henderson. Yeah. Well, that causes a big uproar. Because mm-hmm. how could Mort Henderson, this journeyman wrestler... Yeah. Put on this mask, be the mask Marvel, and start wrestling Zabisco to a draw, wrestling Aberg to a draw. Yeah, uh, he didn't wrestle Lewis, beat him, but they were in a catch match, not a Greco match. Mm-hmm. Although Henderson was a catch wrestler, but yeah, why why ruin a, a good storyline with a bunch of facts? <laughs> so said SCN SBC. Go on. Well, so they now. As soon as the that's reported in the newspapers, mm. Aberg is not going to wrestle a draw with the Mass Marvel. Right. Matter of fact, the next night, because that it came out that evening or that morning, mm. that night he's got a match with Aberg, and Aberg makes him look like a complete clown and crushes him. Yeah. But the fans all loved the Mass Marvel and didn't care that it, he was Mort Henderson and didn't care that he shouldn't be beating these guys. <laughs> they turn on Aberg, which the whole purpose of this tournament yeah. is for the fans to love Aberg and accept him and put as him Frank over. Gotch's replacement. <laughs> and now the fans are like, this guy's a jerk and just beat up the Mass Marvel for nothing. And so they boo him mercilessly for the remainder of the tournament. The tournament goes on for another week and a half. He wins it. Mm-hmm. And they boo him mercilessly. But it also mm-hmm. exposed the tournament that they're working. Yeah. What made it such a success in the spring was the matches were mostly contests. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, they're working. There's no way he could be competitive with these guys. Yeah. And so that after Aberg beats him, Zabisco beats him, Lewis mm-hmm. beats him again. Uh, but it kind of worked out for Henderson. So even though it was an exposure and everything... The Mass Marvel was a huge hit, and he was able to wrestle for a couple of years up in the Northeast. Papa, I'm so hungry. Oh, buddy. <laughs> We're going to have to get you a snack. Yeah. And so they wrestle in the Northeast for yeah. a, another uh, year or two, and when he decides, okay, I've had enough, I'm going back to the world of railroad detecting, 
he sells the gimmick to another wrestler for a good pot of money because yeah. the last Marvel's over. Mm-hmm. So, what happened to the guys that, the, that put on the tournament? Mm-hmm. Rockman goes back, or I always call him Rockman. It's R A C H M A N N. And he was, yeah. so it could be yeah. Roshman, it could be Rockman, Depending it could be Ratchman. Germany you come from. Exactly. But yeah. he goes back to Germany. Or he goes back to Europe somewhere. I'm not sure if he went back to Germany. Aberg stays in the United States for another year wrestling for Jack Curley and despising him and Curley despising him. They end up suing each other. And it comes out in court that he admits that he worked a few matches for Curley until he realized how the American public hated that Mm -hmm. and quit working matches again. And then he goes back to Europe too and he dies at the end of the... uh, well, he dies in 21 during the Russian Civil War. Him and mm. Lura choose his trainer. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing that the tournament was meant to do failed. Didn't yeah. get Aberg over, didn't get him accepted as was, world champion. Was Tony Khan uh, in charge of this? Booking this, you'd have thought. <laughs> but it made a huge, store out of, a huge star out of the mass marvel. The one thing that they had no intention of going into it in the spring, yeah. they didn't even have the idea for the mass marvel until the fall tournament was going to see Right. It. Was the most successful thing. Well, that and Lewis becoming a national name. Yeah. He was already a national name in the Midwest and the South. Mm. But he really became a big uh, star in New York after the 1915 tournament. Yeah. So, and Aberg refused to wrestle Lewis in a catch match yeah. because he knew he would lose. I was going to say because he knew he'd get his rear end Yeah. Whooped. He wrestled Lewis in a Greco match, and he beat Lewis like he beat everybody else. Lewis 316 says, I just put a stranglehold on you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or a toehold or whatever else he wanted to put on him. Because that's why Zabisco lost that first match with Gotch, and that's why Gotch never wanted to mess with him again, Mm. was because he was so uh, unfamiliar with catch wrestling. He was still primarily a Greco guy. Yeah. And he had two catch wrestlers with him, and he was training all the time to get better at catch wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. Once Gotch beat him, Gotch is like, nothing good's going to come out of this. He's only going to get better at catch wrestling, and he might actually beat me next time, so I'm just not going to give him the opportunity. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so that is why they went with a local wrestler. That's why it exposed their business, but mm-hmm. it made a big start of the mass marvel. So. Yeah. Too bad that didn't work in WCCW. Because yeah. I don't think Lance Von Erich ever became a big star. He did not. <laughs> he did not. Oh, yeah. Did you see that they're doing that uh, movie about the Von Erichs? Oh, yeah. Soon? Iron Claw coming yeah. out the 22nd. Yep. Yeah, I don't movies. know about Zach Efron being one of the Von Erichs. That's just kind of... <laughs> He's not the worst. There are a lot of other Disney stars who took a worse turn. Who is Zach Efron? He was that uh, main star. musical. The, one of the who guys, is Zach Kate, Efron? One of the guys yeah. Kate fawned over in, when she was in high yeah. school. Yeah. Okay, that, that isn't narrowing it down for me. Okay, not Joe Jonas. How's that? Not one of the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> okay, who are the Jonas Brothers? You're going to be here a while, though. Yeah. No, but, I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd be willing to see we're it. I'll tell you what, well, I'll tell you, well, We've then, got the review to do, because and then when it comes out, we're going to see it. So <laughs> if you guys want to see it, too, we can all head out one sure. time together and yeah. see it, and then we can have a... Because I think we're going to review it, aren't we? I think we were going to review it, yeah. yeah that was so. the first match you because, ever had me watch, was the Von Erich one. Well, that's because when I, I became a fan, mm-hmm. the Von Erichs were big in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. My favorite wrestlers in St. Louis were Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. David Von Erich. Mm-hmm. 
and later Carrie. I yeah. always thought Carrie had the best physique, and he's somebody you'd want to be built like. But I thought if you were a wrestler, you'd want to wrestle like DBS. Any more David Von uncanny resemblance to Peter Frampton? <laughs> so, and it was pretty accurate. Carrie Von Erich had a fantastic physique, mm. but they used to call him Old Horse Face. Oh, <laughs> because from, from you had the, cool nicknames back then, you know. <laughs> oh, that's Old Horse Face. Yeah. That's what the heels called him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because he was not quite the handsome, dashing uh, guy from the neck up that yeah. you would have wanted if you were... Horses would come up to him and say, why the long face? <laughs> That's why the wrestlers started wearing masks. They couldn't take the teasing, man. They were they were pretty rough. That was a rough business back in the 70s. The, the yeah. guys today... Yeah who seemed to be pretty sensitive, would have had a very, very difficult time. Impossible, really. Could you imagine if somebody would have said something like that to Brody? Right. <laughs> that's who, That's what we got to have him watch, is Brody versus Blackwell from AWA. Or oh, something yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember you telling me about that, that guy who's shorter than me being on WWE or whatever, and I'm like, that guy would not even last a single oh. minute. Because they pretty much went oh, for Gargano. big, tough guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Johnny Gargano. It's like, you have to worry to be I was too small because I, was, I wasn't over six foot. Yeah. For, That's what I mean. They always went for those big, freaking guys that were all super tough. Yeah. Um, it's a little off topic, but I was thinking about it because, Trey, I don't think... Has Dad had you watch a lot of wrestling stuff? Not a ton. Okay, so what I... what. What I find particularly entertaining about wrestling is depending on which era you're in, you could get anything. I watched the wrong <laughs> WrestleMania, and it opened with a guy pissing in someone's coffee cup on a desk. Oh, was that Jericho and Regal? Yes, that that was the opening. I watched the wrong one. That was the Attitude Era. <laughs> That's what it opened up with. I see. Uh, yeah, that is that is very different from... Uh... I wanted to text Dad and be like, is this the right one you wanted me to watch? Because it was just a... What was it? Like a what, rock? Wasn't it I wanted you to watch Stone Cold versus Bret Hart in the submission match where they had the switch? I think you wanted me to watch like Stone Cold versus The Rock if they ever did it. I just remember you told me The Rock was in it. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll find Mr. Dwayne. And then it opened up with that and I... Maybe it gets better. We'll keep watching. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do very much peeing in coffee cups during the 80s. <laughs> I didn't think so. No, it might be a little too rough for the audience. I was going to say, they didn't. You know, that was the nice thing about wrestling back in the 80s is yeah. there was, you had to wait for a Starcade or yeah. a Great American Bash. Yeah. They weren't before on you every got, month. Before you got some of these great matches. Some mm. of these, these, but now it's like, you know, like, a, you know, it, me and your dad both agree, if we ever see another ladder match, it'll be too soon. Right. And because they, we they've been done to death. Right. Wow. The, the constantly, the gimmick, they gimmick everything up to, mm-hmm. to no flipping that. And why you watch wrestling today is different. Mm-hmm. You could suspend disbelief in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. but starting in about the early 2000s, it was just too ha-ha. You couldn't really suspend belief anymore. Yeah. So you couldn't watch it as an athletic competition. To this day, I can't watch it as an athletic competition. It's not like... Well, these mm-hmm. days, they, they oversell the hits and everything. It looks like a right. cartoon character. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. Or they don't sell it at all. You get hit with something, 
okay, we just hit him with a nuclear rocket, <laughs> yeah. and he gets up and punches the guy in the face. What is that? What would have killed him? He would be laying there dead in uh-huh. the 90s. They would have had to come out there and pick him up, and you couldn't have seen him for like six months until yeah. he came back as his cousin Joe, who was going to avenge the guy that was killed. Yeah. This Today, that's just like, oh, that's a transition spot. Yeah. Well, we're like, going to do a superplex off the top rope into a Canadian destroyer, and that's to set up something else. Well, remember when Jake's DDT was, that was the be-all, end-all. Yeah. And now you get a DDT in the ring, and the guy gets right back up. It's like, wait a minute. So yeah. I, I will clean this up, but that Canadian destroyer, mm-hmm. as my dad would have said, it's like two monkeys fornicating with a football. Right. You can't tell who's doing what to whom. Mm-hmm. Those ca- and that's the kind of moves you parts. see nowadays. <laughs> I'm just waiting for wrestling to get to. The I didn't say it the way your grandpa said it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I know you, you said it when we were doing cane practice that one night. Anyway, kill, go ahead. Oh no, I'm just waiting for them to step it up. You know, bomb, uh, bomb defusal matches. Oh, we had to defuse a live bomb in the middle of the ring. Oh, you, you've not lived until you've seen the invisible hand grenade in a match. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, though. They they have an invisible hand grenade. They pull the pin and throw it, and all the idiots in the ring take a freaking bump. And now you know why I didn't watch it from, like, 2007 or eight until 2016 or 2017. See, I was going to make a joke about doing chess sure. boxing, what do you want but chess WWE... But I honestly think that I did, oh, I did not think it. it would be possible to just top the stupid. But yeah, oh yeah, that, that yeah. was a yeah. Troy, you mentioned cartoons. That is literally Looney, Looney Tunes. Coffee. Yeah, it's oh, not even Looney that's, Tunes. That's just mining. It's copy well, that's like running now. through a tunnel, and then the guy following you behind hits the wall. See all that? What's next? The dude does the invisible wall, and the guy runs face first into it. Yeah, but. Yeah. I'm trapped in a box. You can't put me well, in a box. Well, you guys have interesting perspectives on it because you were never wrestling fans. You never watched it. Mm. So it was like when I was playing around with him and saying, I'm going to smarten up these marks. Yeah. Marks is what they used to call the fans. So your uncle and I would have been marks mm. in the 80s. And it's not a it's a derogatory term. A lot of people say, no, no, no. It's just been fans. No, it's a derogatory term. <laughs> yeah. And originally it comes from... Gambling cons mm-hmm, or yeah. fraud cons, the way the mark is the person who is the fool that falls for whatever you're trying to come up with. Like if me and, and your so, dad were wrestling, you know who's going to get the first fall, yeah. and then if everybody bet on me, then yeah. they they he'd get right. exactly, <laughs> and that's what they used to yeah. do when they first started working. A lot of their working was because of gambling schemes and stuff, and the marks. And I think that that's where the term probably came for mm. but when you're working you're also fooling people mm-hmm. so you can be calling marks like that too yeah well that's what and they're... then they started calling people smart marks they were people that were smart to the business and would mm-hmm. get stuff mm-hmm. so a lot of the readers of the wrestling observer and all of that were the smart marks mm-hmm. of the smart fans because they don't uh use that term as much anymore because some people do realize, no, that's a derogatory term. Oh, so yeah. The only time he and I, I think have heard it just naturally was in Skyrim dialogue of all things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and the Carnival Midways when they would come to town. Yeah. The carnies would call all the tourists and the the town folk marks because and we're going to take their money on these and pro wrestling has <laughs> and pro wrestling has carnival background. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pro wrestling got started initially in carnival athletic shows. 
So it can also come from that too. Yeah. But it was definitely not a complimentary term when it first yeah. came out. No. So when it hurts, it doesn't and bounce so hard. And if I'm a wrestler in the '70s or '80s, I'm wary of the marks because a lot of them did truly believe. So, like Jim Cordette said, in the mid south, they tried to kill him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they may want to try one of the wrestlers, but they figured that would probably be a losing proposition. But I'd kill that manager. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> guy who sent him out on the ring. Yeah. So you know. You had to be very, very careful. Nobody has that kind of heat. All day. Although I did, Jim Cornette said something man. hilarious. So if if you don't listen to the if you got sensitive ears, you don't want to listen to the experience. <laughs> the Translation: If you don't like cursing, foul language, and horrifyingly grotesque descriptions of things, don't watch it or don't listen to it. <laughs> but if you like funny stuff and you like wrestling history, those are the podcasts to listen to. But they were talking about how Moxley walks through the through the fans all the time. Oh yeah, AEW. Uh-huh. He goes, "This is going to be the first guy knifed in modern history, not because <laughs> he's got heat, just because they're sick of this idiot walking through the fans. <laughs> they're sick of him coming structure like his Watch out, Tony Connell, try and book it. <laughs> just give some rando a, a knife here." I was, I was doing my thousand plus rep leg workout this morning, laughing my butt off, and I'm I'm sure they were like, "Oh, this guy, he's worked out so hard, he's lost his mind." But no, <laughs> when he said that, I lost it. Be the first guy knifed just for walking through the crowd pissing people off. Yeah. Oh my lord! But happens. So speaking of heat, yes, we did review a match today. Unfortunately, it was before you got here, but. Okay. Um, we watched Jerry Lawler versus Dutch Mantel. Because okay. we're kind of... I don't know. Dutch Mantel might be out of the hospital by the time you hear this. He Hopefully he leave. is. Yeah. Because his podcast, uh, Storytime with Dutch Mantel, is probably my second favorite podcast. Yeah, he is hilarious. He's got some great stories. Uh-huh. And he was a, a true heel when I was a kid. He was one of the guys that could generate heat. Yeah. Yeah. They called him Dirty Dutch Mantel for a reason. Mm-hmm. And he was a longtime booker in Puerto Rico. It's not because he went to college and was an academic. <laughs> Man, I miss old-timey sports names. Big Wayne Hayden. Uh, this Big guy. Wayne Munn. Big Wayne, Big Wayne Munn. Munn. Dirty Dutch Mantel. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Early. Joseph Tootsmont, I don't think, passes the name test. <laughs> but apparently the Toots was because he had small feet. Mm-hmm. And they used to talk about his shoes in his small tootsies. And that's where... That's a weird way to get it. It certainly is. (laughs) How about Plowboy? Yeah, Plowboy (laughs) Frazier. That was a... I I think if I was standing there and somebody was saying, Hey, we're going to call you toots. You guys playing a rib. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I also like it whenever they pass on like titles like Nature Boy. That just kind of gets passed on from... Well, you know, and that was the thing because you had... Nature Boy, Buddy Landell. You had Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Nature Boy, and, Buddy Rogers, the, the original. Uh huh. And yeah. So, yeah. so what? What is a Nature Boy exactly? Is that some guy that likes to <laughs> run around <laughs> nude in the forest or what? Well, I'll tell you. Um, in a Bugs Bunny cartoon before Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, it was kind of an insult. Mm-hmm. Remember the the guy that used to dance around the forest? Oh yeah, and Bugs yeah, yeah. Bunny was like Nature Boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it was no, a bit of an insult, but you know they they, they all had blonde flowing hair and <laughs> arrogant and mm-hmm. I remember Buddy Landell before he was Nature Boy, his hair was black. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Chick Donovan didn't pick up the moniker of Nature Boy along the way yeah. somewhere around. Yeah, somewhere. 
So, Trey, since you are not a wrestling fan, what did you think of the Jerry Lawler-Dutch Mandel match? Honestly, one of the more believable fights <coughs> that I have seen on the list. Uh, again, it comes from that era of they Mama, actually could sell things. So nope. it wasn't cartoony over the top. View on um, also, it was interesting to see the referee actually try to stop the chair hits and everything. And... Uh, <laughs> All, what was it, a pile driver on the concrete? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The That's referee. something that doesn't happen now. Now the referee's like, oh, let me help you with that. <laughs> we are up to a minute or an hour, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. hour and four minutes. For some reason, this one wasn't as painful as that last one. I'm not quite so sure why. Wow, that's rude. <laughs> Look. So that that last podcast with the three of you on there, that was like herding cats. Temperamental cats who didn't want to be herded. Oh. Papa. Look, we didn't go off on as many rants today. It's early in the morning. We're not ready. <laughs> well, maybe we're more in a festive mood. It's almost Christmas time. And yeah. Can't be making... Yeah, nobody noticed my decoration. The one? One. The one? It's Yukon Cornelius is up there on the shelf now. So we're Oh, I don't see the two inches tall. Looks great. Yeah, that's my... Yeah, that's my decoration. That's Oh, wait a minute. Can I say Yukon Cornelius? He's a copyrighted character. You should be able to reference that. I think we can say it. Oh, because you can't sing the songs or like put artwork up and stuff. I mean, okay. Oh, you can sing the songs. You can't play it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can't play it from the show, but you can sing it. Right. (laughs) Might make all our ears bleed, but. Yeah, I was going to say if I sing, it'll sound like a piece of glass going through a wood chipper. Let's not. So did you say that because you want to get this thing over with or what? Uh, no, I was letting you know because typically you're like, where are we? And then I'll say like an hour, 30 minutes. Jeez, oh! Sometimes Jim Cornette goes on for four hours. Yeah, the day we have a four-hour <laughs> podcast, Uh huh. We'll, we'll tap out before yeah. anybody else does. I can't even stream for four hours and it's just playing no. video games. I can't even imagine. <laughs> also, you got to imagine, that's how that man is 24-7 then. If he can go that long, he just... Yeah. Record. Well, I was saying the other day, I said I talk more on the podcast than I probably do the whole rest of the week combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it it is nice to know that, uh, I don't know if uh, your dad told you or not, but uh, we do have some uh, listeners chiming in now. Um, yes. One guy said... They said we made their drive into work uh, bearable. Wow. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I was thinking, you know, when we were kids, our family had probably given us a couple hundred bucks to shut up. (laughs) Look. Well, we kind of took the piss out of everybody back then. Yeah, see, now you're directing it on a larger scale, and then everybody gets to laugh with you. And and, and people that most people think need the piss taken out of them. Yeah. Uh huh. I'll say Vince McMahon and all these other. I won't say the name of the streaming service. Which streaming service do we... Voldemort. The one I'm not allowed to say because you'll go off on a rant. <laughs> oh, are you talking about Disney Plus? I was going to say begins with D and is it... Yeah, is it? that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't know. We Is weed legal in Florida? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I would I, think so. Well, actually, I don't think it is. I think it's, it's decriminalized. Because as right-wing oh. as it is... 
I have no idea. I don't live in Florida. Trying <laughs> to keep up. Well, on the you know, it's it's funny because I thought he said California, and I said, got, "Oh yeah." You know, you got uh, Northern Florida and you got Southern Florida, and you got that middle part where Orlando is. It's kind of like a demilitarized zone in there. Have no, literally. When we were down there on vacation for that uh, church trip, whenever I was a teenager, we were driving by, and I'm like, "God, is the only finished building around here Disney?" Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking around because it's like there were one shirt, uh, surf shop, if I could speak English. And one McDonald's, and that McDonald's had a 30-minute wait limit. There was nobody around for miles. Like, it took us 30 minutes to get a plastic cup. Wow. Everything else was construction, like you said, demilitarized <laughs> area. <laughs> Do the Florida men just live in huts in, in like, the swamplands or something? Like, what yes. the heck? <laughs> yes. For all of our Florida listeners, may I apologize to you for... We respect you. Look, there's it. a reason there's a game on the internet hey. to search your birthday, followed by Florida Man. There's too many stories. Hey, I won for like Florida. Um, I like Florida too. I, I was I was actually pretty impressed with the Keys when I was down there. I'm going to tell you if I've got to choose between uh, Florida or any of these other sunny destinations, mm-hmm. I'll pick Orlando. Yeah, yeah, I take Florida over pretty much. I like Orleans. Florida. I respect them for yeah. it, but that is the twilight zone of the U.S. It, yeah. <laughs> that is. I tell you what, I do like. I I much yeah. prefer the Gulf side of the ocean. Oh yeah, the Atlantic definitely. Because we've been to both. Swimming in the ocean in November, that was awesome. Yeah. But we were on the Gulf side. Yeah. The waters are a lot calmer and everything. Mm-hmm. When we went to the Atlantic side, I was like, man, I feel like a milkshake that's being churned. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the waves over on the Atlantic side are a little bit more um, aggressive than they are in the Gulf. Yeah, I remember me and one of my friends were looking for seashells, and there were pretty much none because they're all just all cracked and shattered. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. Now, after I'm done on this podcast, Papa's not going to say anything the whole rest of the day. This is the type of way you, you believe that? glass with. Also, yeah, didn't exactly. Papa make you French toast before you left? Yes. <laughs> and it has to be his French toast, not Mimi's French toast. Right. His French toast. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. Oh, you're watching The Inspector. Mm. No, I, I, I do love Florida, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, the, the craziest stuff he's, I've seen. Me and Christina were down there for one light. weekend, yeah. and I saw two people crack their heads open. I'm not oh, gosh. Right as we get off the plane, a lady falls, pff, head oh. cracks open, and then as we're leaving Universal, a lady falls down the escalator, and she comes up, and her head's cracked, and oh. her little girl is screaming, and I went to Christina, I said, we need to get the hell out of here. Now, the one thing that I don't, do not Don't like give aid. Don't get, get, let's get the hell out of here before <laughs> we get sucked into this. Well, everybody was already crowding them, and, you know, like, people yeah. were coming up with medical supplies, and I look at Christina, Dad. we've seen two people, we got to get the hell out of here. Now, one thing that I don't like about Florida, yeah. and your dad feels the same way about this, okay. is um, the Florida State Seminoles. The oh. Miami Hurricanes. Oh yes. The Florida Gators. Um, I have nothing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I got nothing against the Dolphins either, other than they're boring as. I thought you were talking about the actual wildlife Gators. No, no Florida Gators. <laughs> <team. laughs> I'm like, yeah, just don't mess with them, Dad. You said <laughs> Hurricanes before Gators, right? Yeah. Miami Hurricanes. Miami Hurricanes. Yeah. yeah. I knew what he was talking about. The U. That, which was kind of. <laughs> Weird. It's shocking that I noticed and you didn't because you watch sports and I don't. I don't watch sports. You watch more than me. I don't watch any sports. Uh, martial arts. Those are the sports I watch. UFC, stuff like that. See, I don't even watch that. 
See, I watch it whenever it comes up or whatever. But the only sport I would willingly like, so I have three children. Yeah. And the only one that watches sports, the only one that went with me to Liverpool game is Caitlin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Kate watch sports Kate too. Was the yeah, I know you do. For everything except martial arts. I watch American football. Well, she came out of soccer. She hadn't thing. competed in four years and yeah, trained for three months well, and took first place at the tournament in both Olympic and points. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like she she hasn't been in it the whole time. No, but she does work out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, I, I was martial artist. She can't have everything, okay? I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> no. I'm not complaining. You literally just said we don't watch sports. You don't. But there's, I know a lot of people that don't watch sports. Mm-hmm. I don't watch a whole lot of television. I was gonna say and the, the only reason I, I do, got that antenna up there is for Sundays. And the stuff <laughs> that I do, the stuff that I do watch tends to be esoteric, and most people have no interest in it. So. Oh, well. So, would you like to get back to that fight we were discussing before we got kind of railroaded by the timestamp? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Dutchman. You were in mid-sentence on that. Yeah, all I was saying is I just found it was interesting. Like, because A, they were actually selling everything. B, it looked like a realistic fight. Like, there were some things that, like, if you knew, um, like, there was one specific yeah, hole that you had on the wrist. If you know martial arts, ah. mm-hmm. you would be able to call out that there was no pressure on that. But you have to know jujitsu, mm-hmm. or at least that specific hold and then like how the motors work. But otherwise, you would not Baba, know otherwise. So, so it was actually interesting to see things being sold properly instead of like cartoon characters. And, that means we and go also have a ref that is behaving realistically. Yeah. So yeah. I, like I said, I've I've always enjoyed. Watching uh, matches with uh, Dutch Mantel and Jerry Lawler in them. So it was. I just remember we got to end on something else because you and I disagree on something. Well, we don't disagree. Mm -hmm. I I agree with some of what you were saying. Mm -hmm. I just have a little different take on it. All right. But let's finish this match first. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I've always enjoyed Dutch Mantel and Jerry Lawler, even though one's one's a heel and one's a face. Yeah. Uh, But uh, my my, my (laughs) thing I enjoyed. Mostly about this match is it was done in the studio, and Dutch Mantel gets about nine feet away from the ring and then runs along the ring and punches Jerry Waller right in the head. I was like, he would have broke his hand if he had done that for real. But uh, this guy doesn't, right? Yep. So this guy doesn't. Yep, Judo. We should not record all of us together this early in the morning. I know it's like eleven, it's noon, but still, you know, get us in the evening when we're at our best, okay? I'm <laughs> Calvin and I are borderline nocturnal. <laughs> you would love us, we would pretty much well, sleep during the day. So in our defense. So we were talking the other day. I had heard a podcast uh, mm-hmm. where they ask if Dave Meltzer Oh yeah mm-hmm. is his integrity has been compromised because of his constant defenses of AEW. And I said they had not really answered that question, Mm -hmm. but they said Dave Meltzer is not taking money from AEW, which I agree with. Yeah. He's got too much uh, journalistic integrity to be taking money to be the Mm -hmm. shill. Yeah. He just, that's the type of wrestling he likes. He's always liked independent wrestling. He was a fan of pro wrestling gorilla. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but what was your... Answer to uh, what you I, think his integrity has been compromised. I by. said I did not think his integrity has been compromised because when you write a uh, you know 
uh, a PWI or a Wrestling Observer or any of the other wrestling magazines that is not linked to one organization, uh, you can't really be biased or nobody's going to read your stuff. So I don't think he's being favorable to the uh, AEW, and I don't think it's hurting his uh, integrity as a journalist. And see, I do think that he has compromised just a bit, mm-hmm. but it's not on all the things that everybody else always points out. So they always point out to the star rating. Yeah. The star rating is completely subjective. It doesn't mean anything. Right. So the fact that he gives all these Kenny Omega matches, these ridiculous uh, scores. Why has he got such a, a a thing for Kenny Omega? He he's, thinks Omega was the greatest wrestler. He may still think he's the greatest, but he definitely thought he was the greatest wrestler mm-hmm. in the 2000s, but nobody knew about him because he was in Japan. Well, you want to know something? His stuff ain't that great. No. And, so. and it's definitely not that great now because he's been compromised and injured. Mm-hmm. The stuff I saw him do in 2000 was pretty freaking impressive. Okay. It didn't necessarily make sense from yeah. our point of view. Uh-huh. But it was very impressive looking. Okay. That's the kind of stuff he likes. So who yeah. cares? Right. You know, if I was giving Kenny Omega some stars, he wouldn't be getting five. He'd be getting a lot lower than that. But mm-hmm. I would be giving Bret Hart a lot of his matches, yeah. five or six. But people might not like Brett's matches. So that's yeah. just purely to But what, there's a I few th- matches that you've got to give five stars to. Yeah. The Anything st- with flair and steamboat right. in it. In 89. Uh, that's, I mean, those were the best matches ever. That I probably ever saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the steamboat and savage match from WrestleMania 3. Well, of course. That's, that, that's, that's the gold standard of... Yeah. <laughs> but... When he defends them constantly going over mm-hmm. on a show that should be formatted. Yeah. That's where I take issue, and I think he's crossing the line. Because if he was being objective, he would criticize WWE for doing the same thing. Yeah. He wouldn't be trying to argue it's the fans' responsibility to know these knuckleheads are going to go over every week. Right. And to record. So I think in that regard... He does hurt himself. But the star ratings and the fact that he likes independent wrestling, I don't think that hurts it. No, That's huh, just a subjective opinion. Um, I've said before, I think we prefer WWE over AEW mm-hmm. because it's closer to a territory style. Well, that and it makes sense. The stories make sense. They may be boring. Yes. They may talk in ways that grown adults don't talk. But at least it makes sense. Yes. And AEW, it, I haven't does, seen one thing in there that makes sense. Or that just doesn't stop and then start yeah. and then stop mm-hmm. with no... It reminds me of watching WCW in the 90s. Yeah. Storylines that go nowhere are just stop abruptly for no reason. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you have to hate one or the other. You can enjoy both. Who cares? Yeah. And I if, mean, you want to watch... If AEW is your thing, knock yourself out. It doesn't bother me. In the right. Least, you know? And and we've covered that. You know, you can like one thing, I can like another thing, and we don't have to hate each other because right. of it. I am not a racing enthusiast at all. I'm probably going to have to watch car races because of somebody that's sitting relatively close to me right now. But I'm not going to make you watch car race. No, I wasn't talking about <laughs> you. Talking about guy, the guy that's like a... Alarm clock for me every five minutes, not telling me he's hungry. Oh, okay. I hungry. <laughs> yeah. Right on cue. Oh, right on cue. Thank <laughs> you. You like uh, monster trucks? Can I just have McDonald's only McDonald's 35 for once? 
I guess I'm going to have to get you McDonald's French fries for lunch. And that did not answer the question. Oh, that was no. <laughs> okay, Papa. Yeah, I won't get you a cheeseburger. Can you say thank you? Thank you. You're welcome. So, you don't have to like all the same things. I mean, let's face yeah. it. I brought you guys up on some very good television, and look at the trash you guys watch today. You know what, that <laughs> I really don't want to hear it. Honestly, the funny thing about that is that you assume I watch television half the time now. Uh, did you two not start quoting South Park at me? That was like three or four years ago. Look. That was because I was bored during the pandemic, and I was running it as background while I was playing my games. <laughs> I will always say this, because I, I do enjoy South Park. I enjoy the guys who make it. I think they have funny outlook on life. Trey Parker um, and Matt Stone. Yeah. Yeah. South Park is... That friend that you keep around because he's funny occasionally, but you wouldn't want to take him out in public. I was going to say, he's not the friend you want to put on speakerphone. No, that that's South Park. <laughs> the friend you keep around because he's occasionally funny. Uh -huh. You know, I sort of listen to audiobooks as my background in 2021. And, you know. I would lump South Park in with American Pie and a bunch of other nonsensical crap that I wouldn't watch Family waste guy, five minutes, dad, Family Guy, yeah, that I wouldn't waste five minutes of my life on. But I brought you up yeah. on all that good television, and look at what you guys I watch still nowadays. Watch I it. still I think, uh, Are You Being Served is my favorite, and then Blackadder, Thin Blue Line. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cartoons I like quite a bit, and anime, but mm -hmm. I don't need to reference them here. Not the whole list, no. Well, I, Dad and <laughs> Uncle Dan probably have no idea what on earth Full Metal Alchemist I don't know, have any idea about what half of the stuff you guys have been talking about today is Zac Efron and the Jonas Brothers. Like See, I that know shocks who they me because that's like... Yeah, that was My generation was like super... Like, the generation of girls was kind of obsessed with those guys, but... If Moving I on. tried to keep track of all the people that your sister told me, I don't Oh, try. he's so cute. Oh, he's a... That's all I would have spent my life doing. I just yeah. went, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't try. It's just they talk so much it gets burned into your head. Look, I know who they are, and I'm proud, okay? <laughs> Never heard of them. That's fine. They're not worth knowing anyways. But honestly, if I could unlearn them, I would be happier. <laughs> I just think that... Uh, and I guess I'm going to see a movie with at least a couple of them in it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, don't do another podcast. <laughs> I know it's not that early, but still, I'm so low energy. Because I, I was taking care of Connor while Christina saw her dad today. <laughs> I'm low energy. Um, yeah, he'll wear you out. He will, yeah. He would not let me go to the bathroom. He would not. So he's, he's a very energetic young man. Daddy, let me guess you did go to the bathroom. I did. Well, you're daddy... Daddy? Daddy? What? Daddy, I want orange. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was my morning. So The jokes aren't coming out as, as well as they should. So, gentlemen, any copy? words of wisdom for the new year? Any quotes? Anything motivational? or? Don't buy into all the political hate. That's all I'm going to say. It's an election year. You're going to hear a lot of it. All right. Don't buy into the hate. Con or, uh, Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. Here we go again. After the past five years, I went to an adult through all this craziness. At this point, bring it on. Well, Let's go. 2024. 
All right, he's ready for the battle. You Ken? know what always amazes me today is you have this cult of personality mm-hmm. around all these politicians. When I was a kid, yeah. everybody believed. You couldn't believe a word a politician said. They were all liars. Well, yeah. And, I mean, that was <laughs> drilled into my head when I was a kid that you just can't believe them, you know, that they're going to mm-hmm. tell you whatever they have to do to get elected, mm-hmm. and it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. That's what my grandpa always used to tell me. Usually you're voting for the lesser of two evils. Today, it's like people look upon these people like they're the savior or whatever. There's yeah. such a cult of personality around them, you know, yeah. and it's like, da, da, da. So I actually was walking through my store the other day cleaning up bottles, you know, and I noticed someone stickered the wall with a submit to Biden sticker. And I peeled it off, and I I could not tell whose propaganda it was. I couldn't tell if it was Democrat propaganda, you know, vote for Biden or Republican submit to Biden. Yeah. And I kept finding them throughout my <laughs> store, just randomly stickered in different places. Submit to Biden. Submit to Biden. <laughs> so. What really pushed me over the edge on that was like, and who has the time to do that? I hope to God it's a joke, but like during the pandemic, when like uh, there was like, what is the Catholic candle where they have like the saints or like what are those called again? The what? There's like, uh, I think it's a Catholic thing where the candles have like pictures of the saints or Christ or Mary on them. You're just thinking rituals uh, candles, right? I, I don't freaking know. But anyway, they had those. It it, like, it's a tradition in the Catholic Church that you go and light a candle. It could be to a saint. Most of the time it's in remembrance of a loved one or for special uh, occasions. Like, we're in Advent now. I just it's not with, unusual for people to... Advent candles. I, yeah. There were parody yeah. ones that had political figures get, like get, Donald get Trump, down. Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, and all these other guys. I'm like... I hope to God this is like a God tier post because I cannot, I really could not even get into the headspace. Well, when you've got masks with political figures on them, yeah. it's like, I, oh, okay, this is this is insane to me. But yeah, it, there's such a cult of personality around people. It's like they're not saviors. Trust yeah, me, no. Yeah, no. they're not going to save you. Look, and we try to stay away from politics on the podcast because I don't. All you do is offend people either way, and it's a losing game no matter which side yeah. you go for at this point. Yeah. It's just which one is going to yeah. lose more. Well, and like you said, Dad, it's like you can't trust anything the politicians say, and like the people who follow them, those are the real like. Mm. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if it's the internet or what, but it really seems like the the two the ten percent of loons on either side is getting bigger. But now, if you're, I think it's just they're getting more prominent. Yeah. yeah, they they've got a platform, and people tend to listen to that extremism even when they're not extreme. Yeah, yeah. it's that group tends to attract the biggest listenership. And what I want to say to anybody listening to the podcast who may be a conservative or a liberal, you know, Democrat, Republican. I, we are almost positively not talking about yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of the people who are the issue are the people who are the loudest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're sitting here listening to a nice wrestling podcast, chances are you're probably not a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth ranting about. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, fringe minorities getting a loud, loud vote. You know, it's sort of like crime statistics. 
are plummeting, but we don't notice because we hear about every crime that happens. Exactly. That's why I don't watch the news anymore. Yeah? I watch the weather, and that's about it. i got to know if I need my coat or an umbrella tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I don't want to hear about murders, wars. Yeah. All this ridiculousness that's going on in this well, world. There's nothing to be gained by giving in to fear either. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I think that's just what it is, too, is like people are seeing like all these lunatics and like, Jesus... This is actually what they believe, and it's probably not. It's probably just fringe lunatics, but we're connected to everything 24-7. Mm-hmm. I could hear about a YouTube's downfall from a mile away. <laughs> like a YouTuber's downfall? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Celebrities getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. We hear about it all now, so we think it's everywhere. Speaking of celebrities hopefully getting in trouble. Yeah. Hopefully. Let's let's send Taylor <laughs> Swift back on tour someplace. So she'll quit showing up at the football games. I'm so worried that she's going to mess up the tight end. Yeah, I know. And you know what, guys? I, I I know we're cool with offending different people. I don't think we should try the Swifties. I don't think the Swifties are on the plate. Let me tell you, if, if you spend your whole life following the life of Taylor Swift, you probably ain't listening to this podcast. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, uh, my, my manager was a Swiftie. And I say I'm that with... sorry to hear that. I am too. <laughs> is, she there was, a, is there a cure for that? No. But she promised... <laughs> no, she didn't promise... Sorry, I can't speak early. She was bragging that Swifties were able to hack into an airport terminal to spy on her and Harry Styles. And I said, you are bragging about this? She said, yes. Who is Harry Styles? <laughs> uh, one of those guys from One Direction, that band that Katie listened to all the time. You probably don't know. Caleb, remember. we were obsessed with that one. Hold uh, up. I'll go ask. Your daddy's coming. Hold on. we got to end this podcast, man. You you want to go eat? I swear, <laughs> Swifties are probably the American variant of K-pop fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, K-pop fans are, like, really over the top, too, sometimes. Oh, and i tell you what. They, well, I just want to hear that hit song, Maybe It's You, by Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriends. Yeah, exactly. Maybe all your exes aren't crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, when she and, hides inside a popcorn machine to get to the stage. And they're all grown yeah. adults, so I don't care what anybody does. Mm-hmm. But I also don't care to see it 58 times during a football game. Every time Travis Kelsey makes a catch or misses a catch or anything else, we've got to get the reaction shot from the upstairs booth yeah. of them slapping hands or, oh, or who cares? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Do, do, do they? The t- do they take Jalen? Hospitalize people. When Jalen hurts, his wife is up in the owner's box. Do you get fifty-eight shots of her reactions to everything no, it, he does? No. And the other oh, night, or last here. week, oh, when the Chiefs played the Packers, uh, Romeo Dobbs is married to Simone Biles, and we saw her what here. once? Yeah, maybe twice that yeah. whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Not every time. Well, of course, you know. Yeah doesn't matter. I was going to say something about it. So, so if, you if you're still here after all this time, you found out what a Swifty is. Uh, you may know who Zach Efron and whatever Jonas is. I really hope you don't upload Jonas this. Jonas and the Whale. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I really hope you don't upload this one. This one, this one needs hey, I got Solomon on the episode. We're, uh, we're going to upload yeah. this one. Alright. Maybe you can edit us all out and just say <laughs> Yeah, happy holidays. Five yeah. seconds. I think the listeners might object to one that short. They might object to listening to this, too. So, <laughs> I think we've said all that needs to be said. So, 
Yeah. Uh, you, you guys finished your advice for the new year? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. All right. My advice is don't waste your life on bad television, bad books, or bad wrestling. If you see any of those, if a book you're reading is not that good, you don't have to finish it. If the TV show you're watching is not that good, you don't have to finish it. And if the wrestling is not that good, you don't have to watch it. So, yeah. Anything Tony Khan books. <laughs> you don't have to watch. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We need to say something nice about Tony Khan with the new year coming. He's not a twin. He looks out for his friends. And he, he's not Elon Musk in some of the crazy ideas he has for Twitter. Oh, yeah. Let's change it to X and make the logo black with a white X on it. And let's so come up with like some of the most adults. idiotic names yes. for any of the apps that you want to have with it as well. Well, I like, uh, we're going to get rid of the block button. I feel like that, uh, <laughs> you know, that. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is illegal. That wouldn't be on account of people blocking your advertisers, would it, Mr. Musk? <laughs> Or blocking you, or blocking the sycophantic idiot that you seem to be a fan of. Yeah, all right. This is all getting cut. This isn't being uploaded. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we will end it for today. All right. All right, all right guys. Take care. Happy holidays, and uh, Godspeed in 2004. Can you say goodbye 24. and Happy New Year? Bye and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank God. (laughs) That's what I was saying.